This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I do appreciate your time in being able to join us today. I've got the great master chef, Jason Spencer from Hunt, Catch, Cook, showing you and teaching you and giving you recipes on how to cook that fantastic game meat. We never tell you what to do with your kill. That's completely up to you. But if you want to utilize your game meat, then this is the podcast for you. Uh, I recorded this about two months ago uh, because we had a lot of stuff coming up for the election. So I'm glad to be able to get this podcast out with Jason. I also finally got to meet up with Jason at the Shot Expo in Sydney, and he's an absolutely top guy that definitely uh, knows his stuff. This is a really good podcast. I really, really enjoyed it. We'll probably have Jason on again soon, sometime down the track, teaching you again more techniques, more recipes about game cooking. Check him out on Facebook under Hunt Catch Cook and huntcatchcook.com.au. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest, Hunt Catch Cook's Jason Spencer. Fire up the grill, this is Jason Spencer from Hunt Catch Cook and you're listening to Australian Hunting Podcast. Jason Spencer, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast, mate. Really appreciate it. Glad to have you with us again. G'day, Jase. How are you, mate? This is fantastic. Mate, Good to be the- here for, I think, the third time. Yeah, third time, mate. If it's, I think... Um, uh, one of the shooters and fishers party guys has been on four, so mate, probably another you know six to twelve months. You might you might equal that and exceed that someday. So you never know. No, not even not even, mate. There's plenty of stuff to cook. <laughs> That's right, mate. Um, I know we've interviewed uh, you several times, which is fantastic. Talking about game cooking, mate. Tell us for people that probably haven't if they haven't listened to the other shows. Tell us about yourself. Give us a bit of history about Jason Spencer and Hunt Catch Cook. Oh, for sure, mate. Look, um, Hunt Catch Cook is uh, it's been around for since 2012, and uh, it was born, I suppose, on a on a mine site, a remote mine site in Western Australia. Um, I'm a boiler maker welder by trade, and uh, when you're sitting there on night shift with nothing to do, um, you know, following the flash on the, on a bit of steel or doing something, I think we rained off that night and. Um, I, I sat in the uh, in a sea container, and I, I thought, oh look, I'll, I'll just jot down a bit of paper, my hobby, and I'll, I'll uh, come up with a story and might submit it to a, uh, a hunting magazine or something. But anyway, I uh, cut a long story kind of short. I I, um, I, I, I developed Hunt Catch Cook. Um, just it's what I do. It's what I love. Um, and. But why did you get it's into pretty... cooking specifically? What what sort of if you always love cooking, just general? Have you always cooked game meats or? I've always look from a young age. I've been taught to uh, use what I, I kill or use what I catch, and I've always uh, learned to cook it or learned to use it. You know, so as I said, when I developed it, I I was writing writing a story for a magazine originally, and. I thought to myself, well, you know, this is what I do. I'm, I'm just telling people what I do, you know, and it's fairly easy. And someone said, why don't you, um, you know, start start a web page or start a Facebook page about it, you know. So I started the Facebook page and it, it, it just rolled off. It was fairly easy, you know, just to show people what I do and to 
even show people, you know, to use what they catch or to use what they uh, kill and, and not leave it there, not waste anything. And, um, and, and I'm just passionate. I'm passionate about the, the whole lot, you know. I really – I've spoken to chefs previously. I've spoken to, you know, hunters and stuff. And you pick up your, your game. If you, you know, you go and shoot something or you go and catch something, use it. Take it home and, and like I did as a kid, you know, take it home and feed the family or give it to mum and get her to cook it or and, and be proud of what you've caught or what you've killed, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's how and, and that's how it is, and and it, that's how it should be. And and pass that knowledge on to your children, it, it, because it's a natural knowledge. You know, that's that's something we were born to do. We're born to hunt. We're born to fish. Um, and I'm I'm proud of it. Yep. Proud of what I do. So how's it been going on Facebook? I see you really got a, some good numbers here on Facebook. Fourteen thousand now, mate. It's going great. And um, you know, what's the plan? What do, you got, what do you got coming up? What's what's the plan for the future? I mean, keep doing what you're doing, or Mate, um, that's a great question because Hunt Catch Cook is is really going. It's it's going well. I didn't think it it would be this big. It, it, now it's bigger than me. You know, it really is. Um, I'm heading to or for your listeners. I'm heading to the SSAA uh, Shot Show in Sydney in June, um, and I'll be doing on stage cooking uh, there. I, I think I'll cook as I said to you before. I think I'll cook about three or four meals a day for the over the. Um, two days of the shot show, and um, I um, it, that's thanks to SSAA as well. I um, I'll also I, I previously have done um, the SSAA shot show in Perth, and um, what, that was co- really cooking. Were you cooking them? Were you yeah, cooking, cooking mate. I, I was cooking down there, and I, I cooked three meals a day, and uh, fed the crowd, the people that come and saw me cook on stage. And gave them all a taste of the of the game meat that I cooked. I think I did a rabbit stir fry, and I, you know, I, I did all sorts of um, wild pork meatballs and spaghetti. I'd gone out and got all the all the meat and everything, and and it was all legit, mate. I'd actually gone to a uh, butcher shop that had specialised in wild game, so it was all it was all good, and um, got all the stuff and cooked it up and gave everyone a taste, and uh, everyone loved it. I had really good reports and great feedback from it, and uh, I'll be in Sydney. In June, and uh, and then back in Perth again uh, in October this year to do the uh, SSAA Shot Show in Perth. So we're really going ahead with things. Um, even you know, the, I've got a, a couple of mates that have jumped on board with me, and, and not uh, not on purpose. So, you know, kind of by accident. I, I just say to them, look, you know, when you're out shooting or when you're out fishing, you know, put up your stuff on Facebook and show us what you do. Yeah, uh, and like-minded. Uh, they they love it, mate. They just you know pump out the, the stuff all the time, and it, it's fantastic. Mate, what do you have? You got any plans about what you're going to cook on uh, when you're at the shot show? Like any plans yet that we can feast none, our eyes none, on? Yeah, none at all at the moment, mate. Look, I've got um, you know something big that's happening for uh, Uncatch Cook is we've just um, well actually today my second book's gone to the publisher, so um, we've got our um, it's called Passing Down Tradition. Um, so it's all about game cooking for kids and trying to get kids into the kitchen, uh, trying to get kids to, you know, if you go out with your kids, trying to get the kids to um, cook, uh, to, you know, bring their meal home and, and cook it, um, trying to get the kids involved in hunting and shooting a little bit more, you know. Um, so we're going to be doing a kit-based meals down there and we're going to be handing out a few samples and, and um, you know, for both shot shows, 
and and we're going to give people you know people ideas i love talking to other hunters mate when it comes to talking to people that hunt it's as i said it's a passion of mine and and i love hearing other people's and i love seeing um you know photos of other people what they catch what they cook you know what they do with their game meat as well it inspires me every day yeah, what, no, why, cook, why cooking though? What, what, why do you want to? I mean, I know you love cooking yourself and you really enjoy it yourself, but why do you want to show other people what they can do with these types of foods and how they can prepare those meats? Well, it's a, for me, it, it's special in, in the senses, um, you know, that's what you do, that's what you should do. If you go out and hunt and you, you kill something, you should use it. Um, like, you know, catching fish. I see. I admin a, a couple of Facebook pages um, over in the West here, and um, we do a lot of salmon. You know, there's a lot of salmon fishing happening at the moment. Um, people love catching salmon, but they don't know how to prep it properly. You know, like if you're going to pull a salmon onto a jetty, you need to bleed it and put it in um, ice water straight away and get that body temperature down. Um, you know, take it home, then then uh, when you fill it, it, cut the bloodlines out of it because they have a lot of blood running through it. And Australian salmon is is really nice, but it's had a bad rap. It's like any game meat, you know, it's it's really had a bad rap. So it's about showing people and it's about telling people how to utilise it, you know, how to use that. And that's what's, you know, that's what I do. That's that's how it goes for me. Yeah? And mm. I'm passionate about it, you know. Yep, that's why I've had you on three times now, Jace. Uh, I love the game cooking. <laughs> I love cooking. And I, I need to get better myself, and I try and tell people, listen, you know, this is how you probably should do things, and, and you know, check these guys out. These guys do it great. Lots of recipes on there. There's lots of Facebook pages and your page. I've referred a lot of guys to your page. You know, hey, if you want to yep. do it, check this guy out. He can, you know, go on their page. There's a lot of stuff you can learn, mate. But t- speaking about hunting, mate, have you been doing any hunting over there? What's going on? Um, my last big hunt. And, it, well, it's kind of bad on my behalf, I suppose. My last big hunt was um, beginning of the year, and I went up to uh, went up north of WA, and I went on a camel hunt. And um, oh, that cool. was a real, a real eye-opener. It was fantastic, mate. Really um, out in the middle of the desert when we were out there for uh, four days all up. And uh, I flew up there and, and caught up with a mate, and um, we went out on some uh, pretty remote stations, mate. We are out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And... Um, it's kind of um, end of the world sort of stuff, you know. You get out there and you think, well, if you, if you break down, we're not going to be able to walk anywhere. We're we're out, <laughs> we're we're right out here. So um, we look, we shot a couple of camels. Uh, we shot four all up. What do you, what do you shoot them with? What do you shoot them with? Um, he had a three hundred win mag, and uh, and I took the forty five seventy for um, nice and stuff that was nice and close. Uh, we took the shotgun out to mess around at night time and have a bit of fun. But uh, the 300 win mag did the long stuff, and the 4570 did the stuff up close, and and we got a bit of both action, mate. We were, it was fantastic, you know. We dropped what do you a few do? Camels. Do you chase them on uh, quads or anything, or just drive around, or you sort of? No, we we had a we had a buggy there, like we suss out the the harder areas in the buggy, so we'd go out and uh, you know remote stuff, and, and there were some tracks that were pretty much un- unpassable, you know, out in the desert country. It's pretty rocky, and uh, you know it goes into sand, and then it'll go into more rocks and trees and. And uh, we, we were trying to find these camels for a little bit. And uh, most of it was done in the full drive. Um, so we were just cruising around the full drive and we'd drop the buggy at a certain place or back at the homestead and then we'd head out uh, for the day. You know, it gets, it gets fairly hot. So a lot of hunting in the morning and uh, in the evening, but not much during the day. We're 
mostly messing around with a shotgun in the middle of in the heat of the day. You know, it gets yeah. up around 45, 50 degrees up there. But, when when um, they when they normally see, yeah, do they so they sort of the animals that would because I've obviously never hunted them, obviously. But when you come up to them, like if you see them over a ridge, and do you, if they see you in the buggy, they sort of you know run away, or that you know if they're two hundred meters away, they don't really tend to bother with you, or what? Well, if they're two hundred meters away, they don't. They, they're they're pretty. Um, if you come up on them in the in the car or they're in a stockyard, you know, having a drink or something, and the, these, um, the station owner had a problem with the bull out there, so he want the bull camel. You know, he wanted us to get in there and um, sort the bull out. But you know, even a few we we uh, on the first night, I think we we got one on the driveway. Uh, I say the driveway. But the driveway is, um, I think, it's over eighty kilometres long, you know, and um, <laughs> into the station. So we were um, we were cruising along, and one across the road. So I got out and nailed that with a forty by seventy, you know, and half the night we were there cutting it up, uh, filling the esky full of meat. And then uh, the next day, I think another couple we got out in the, out in the middle of the plane, but they were, you know, they were a fair way away, so we got them with a three hundred angle. But um, it, they're the sort of animal that they don't. They're a little bit inquisitive. They don't run too far. Um, they'll they'll have a bit of a jog and then stop and have a look at you. You know, so um, it, you can even sneak up on a bit. But the highlight of the trip, I think, was um, you know we were on a on a track there and um, we we shot two camel and we were which was off the track a fair bit and we we're out in the bush and uh, a a full drive turned up with um, some people from the local Jingalong tribe and. Um, and we ended up giving them a heap of meat off the camel that we couldn't use, you know. We, we said, look, we've, we've filled the eskies up, or we've, we've had enough meat. And, and we said, look, guys, if you want some meat, you know, this is great. And, and they loved it. They thought it was fantastic. You know? So I got a heap of photos of them, and, yeah. and we cut a lot of the meat up for them and bagged it all up for them. And, and they were heading into town. They had a, a meeting to go to. But, um, yeah, put it put it in the in the trophy in the full drive, and, and it was good. It was just a good, um, you know, like a, a bit of a reward for well, for us, you know, we thought that was fantastic. It's not going to waste, but we would have taken the meat anyway. And we thought, well, we'll just have to work harder and get some more camels. But yeah. it, it's good to um, it's good to do that, you know. It really is. It's kind of rewarding to, to be able to give them a bit of, um, you know, much-needed protein and things that, you know, a bit of meat or, or supplies that they wouldn't normally get, you know. Might, they might have to go into town, and, which is, you know, once-a-month sort of trip. And, and uh, no, we, we were able to supply them some, you know, and they thought it was fantastic. They thought it was a great reward, you know, so it was good. Yeah, how's the, the camel meat? I mean, what do you normally use it for? What's the taste like? I mean, I guess people out there probably listen to this show have gone, oh, I've never tried camel. Oh, my God, they freak out and stuff. But tell us yeah, about the camel meat. It's not. Look, I, I say to people, that was one of the questions I got asked quite a lot when I come back, and I, I, I think I put it on my Facebook page. And, um, you know, what, what, is, what does camel taste like? And the easiest way to explain it uh, for people like you know, you, you, you've got to think, well, if I ask you what does beef taste like, what would you compare it to? Yeah, true, um, true. Mm. Well, I, I, I said the best way I can explain camel to you is it eats exactly the same feed as our export quality cattle get, um, you know, the same pasture. So uh, we export our cattle, but we don't export our camel. So um, a really, really nice meat, very similar to beef. Um, a little bit more of a gamey flavour to it, but very nice. And it had a, surprisingly a lot of fat on it too. Yeah, right. Wonder what they're. What are they eating out there? Um, the same sort of grass, mate. So they eat the spinifex and you know same sort of quality grass. And, yeah. And you know that long bulrush sort of grass stuff that that, that uh, the state out the station country and um, 
Yeah, they seem to be doing all right. Do, you, along with do the you see them in big groups? What sort of groups they hang in, or just singles, or doubles, or got ten, twenty? Um, or well, the the ones that we uh, the ones that we shot were, uh, you know, one was by itself, and then there was a group of two, and you know, a group of three after that. But they have been big numbers. There have been really big numbers out there, and I think um, the, the station owner uh, a week prior to that shot twenty. So uh, wow. you know, there, there's. There's massive numbers out there. They come in from the desert, they're chasing water, you know. So um, when, when it gets hotter, they they um, they head out into the they head out into the station country and, and grab water out of the troughs. But when it gets colder and stuff, they head back into the desert and they're hot and they're in the heat. So you know they can, they can get big numbers. They can get up 30, 40 um, plus camels coming in and, and destroying. They absolutely destroy. Uh, water troughs, mate. So really? it was good. The station owner, station owner was pretty pleased, and then you know, even even though we got four and we got uh, the bull that he, he was concerned about because it was coming in, wrecking his um, wrecking his water trough. So it was really good. We we made an impact on it, and that was my last uh, my last big hunting trip. But um, and since then, it's been over summer. So um, I've done a lot of fishing. Mate. Yeah. I've, I've been out. What um uh, what what weight do you, how much how much meat do you get off a camel? I mean, they're pretty big animals. What sort of weight do you get off them? Oh mate, between us, um, we were getting, you know, anywhere up to um, yeah, about eighty kilo, eighty kilo, mate. Wow, yeah, be, be yeah, good yeah. for your year. <laughs> oh mate, it was it was fantastic. We were we were taking it back home. We were, um, you know, it was a couple of hours drive, and we were going back into town, and then we'd come back out, and we'd go to a different station on the way back out. So um, you can get up to that. We were, you know, there wasn't, we didn't take all of that. Like per animal, but um, you know we gave a lot away. We messed around a fair bit, and um, so yeah. But there is big numbers of meat in it, and there was a lot of dog food went into that. Mate, we didn't eat all of it, so um, yeah. but it filled. It certainly filled my freezer, so it was great. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. Yeah, mate, how how much is... What about your family when you bring home stuff like that? Because I know we've spoken about this before... You've tried. Yep. You've done the horse, the horse, the horse mortadella or something. I've seen on your your Facebook page or. Mate, I've t- yeah, I've done it. I've pretty much done it all. I, was, I said to somebody, <laughs> I, I've eaten more animals than in the local zoo. But um, <laughs> nice. I, it's um, personally my fact. Like like I said um, earlier on, my uh, freezer's full of meat, and I've, I think at the moment I've got uh, crayfish in there and and salmon. I've been salmon fishing. I've been crayfishing. Uh, last couple of months, uh, you know, wild pork. I think I've got horse and camel, um, and there's a lot of um, pr- processed meat as well. So I've got sausages in there, and I've got dozens of sausages and different animals. Okay, how how, how um, big is your tucker box freezer? I'd hate to see it. Probably the size of the garage, <laughs> is it all? <laughs> it well, I've, got one, I've got one inside and I've got one outside, but, it, but you know, I use it. I, I use it a lot. You know, we'll have parties or something, and I had. Um, 
I had the boys from uh, SSAA over uh, the other night. We had a few wines and, you know, I cooked up a bit of wild pork into a, a wild pork fatty, which I'll, I'll, I'll explain that a bit later on. But yeah, I like a big meatloaf, you know. And um, it's easy to come home and just grab that out of the freezer, and, you know, or, or defrost it the morning before and then come home and just process it. It's good to have it on hand, you know. But mm. I'm not, um, you know, when it comes to game meat, my family eating game meat, there's like anyone... Uh, you know, they could do a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm the one that eats, you know, I, I'll cook game meat uh, or fish. I will cook it every week uh, and, and I'll eat it every week. But I, and even though I'll cook it and, and photograph it from a page or I'll develop uh, recipes or stories or, or something like, you know, I, I'm up to a, a recipe and then I'll, um, I'll take photos of it and I'll eat it for the next week. Whereas, um, you know, the kids as a family eating game meat, um, it's probably a rare occasion. We might sit around and eat it every now and then, like most families. But myself, you know, I've got I've got a freezer full of it, and um, I eat it quite often. You know, or I'll. She's eighty kilos just for you, mate. You be there for the next bloody. You probably <laughs> want to um, vac seal it for the next two years. Well, I, I made um, camel and cheese uh, crankskis or sausages and smoked them in the uh, in the in the smoker. Nice. And, um, nice. It, it didn't last. I reckon I would have given most of that away. In, uh, as soon as my mates got hold of this bloody camel cheese sausages, mate, they were into it with a few beers. And yeah, um, yeah you mate. Speaking, yeah, I want to. Sorry, I didn't mean to butt in. I want to talk about that before I get off topic. Otherwise, I'll probably end up forgetting about it. Smoking. How do you do it? I've got a little uh, charcoal sort of Weber, but I'm looking at yeah. one of those things. They got one coming out at Audi this week. You maybe probably by the time this goes to where they'll be already too late, the listeners, but I'll put it on the Facebook page tonight at recording the show. They've got like a little gas smoker. You know what I mean? So how do you make up your, your Kranskis? Do you buy the mixes from yep. the shop? How do you do it? Well, there's, you can buy a, 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 a game meat. Uh, well, no, sorry, not a game meat, a, a meat pre-mixer, like a Kranksky mix. Yeah, I got um, that, yep, from, yep. Yeah, uh, one of my sponsors, Butcher Clip, they sell it uh, online as well, so I'll, get, I'll give me um, sponsors a plug here. Yep, so, look, they, they they sell the, um, like a, a packet mix and they can post it out to you, so you go online, and, and that's what I do, jump online, or I go and see them, mate, and they give it, look, here, Jase, here. Here's your uh, pre-mix. Yeah. You go home, mix all your meat up. They give me a mincer as well, so I'll, I'll throw it through the mincer. Um, then my smoker, I have a, a digital smoker and um, supplied by the Smoke Shack, who is also yep. one of my sponsors, mate. Smithy yep. looks after me. Fantastic bloke. And um, he, he's given me a digital smoker, so... Is that cold oh, yeah. smoking or is there heat there? Or no, is it? no, no, no. Oh, you can hot and cold smoke with digital smokers, which is a mm. good thing about it too, mate. A fantastic little jobbies. Yeah. And um, I just bang these out into a um, into a, into a skin, these camel and cheese. I mix all my own uh, cheese into it. I just get a crank skin, mix the cheese into it yep, yep. and um, put it into a synthetic case, tie the ends off, put it in the smoker for a couple of hours and just really low and slow smoke it. Come out absolutely beautiful, mate. You can, yeah, like a beer stick or a sausage, you know, a cranksies alike. Oh, I love it, mate. Love it. Yeah, they're fantastic, mate. Question about that. Uh, sorry, question about that too. I've noticed you use the synthetic. I've tried, what do you, have you tried the natural? Because my place behind me, I think I've got. Uh, one of those brewer type places behind me, and they do. They've got the synthetic, but I've been trying the hog cases, the natural hog cases. I don't mind them. Do you try yeah. them? Have you tried them? Do you like them, or you prefer the synthetic, or what do you prefer? Well, when it when it comes to uh, making cranksies like that and, and bigger 
bigger sausages or salamis, I always use a, a synthetic case. Yeah, and I've, okay. I've, I don't know why, but it's just natural. It's just preference for me. That's all. I just find it easier. Um, they tend to look more like a sausage, a little bit better. They, you know, they hold hold its shape easier. And I don't often do bigger sausages like that, the crank season and big salamis and stuff. I don't often do that because of the weather over in Western Australia. I don't get a chance with that humidity and the dry heat. I don't get it. There's only a certain amount of time throughout the year that I can get to do that. So I try and um, do my collagen ca- or, or synthetic cases. I try and keep the bigger sausage cases with uh, synthetic and my normal skins or natural skins. I do all the time. Like I'm always making sausages of different flavors and types, and I, I mess around and try and do different recipes and bits and pieces. So all that's natural skin, and I keep them in the fridge yep. uh, in, a, in a salt brine in the solution. And um, I'm always doing sausages in natural skins. And I like the flavour. Don't get me wrong, natural skins are great. But synthetic, just um, it's easier for me. You know, it's horses for courses, I think, mate. You've got to, from where you live, you know, people have said to me, I'm always getting messages and and, um, I'm always getting, uh, you know, people ringing me or or texting me, you know, saying, oh, I live in such and such or I live in Cairns or, you know, humidity is really bad. How do I go about this? How does that affect it, Jace? I mean, what, what, why is that a big deal for that? Because I know when, like, let's just do a quick, this would be good for the listeners, actually. Like, so you yes. make them up, you I mince them, like I've got a mince, we mince them up, put them into the cases. Then what do you do with you? Then freeze them and then smoke them, take them out and thaw them out as you need them? Or do you, how do you use, I heard salt solution. So let's go through that. That's very interesting. That, that, the skins, the skins itself um, will stay. I've had my skins for ages sitting in the salt solution, ah, salt, yes, gotcha. like yep. a brine. Yep, yep. And the brine, and they'll sit in the bottom of the fridge, mate, in a brine, and they'll last for I don't know the the life on them is ages. So, like the butcher supply company said to me, like butcher group said, oh, you know, if you want the best taste, you just leave them in there for a little bit, you know, throw them away after three months. I think I've had mine in for six months, you know. Yeah, sitting and they're pretty just, cheap too, aren't they? Oh, they are. They're pretty cheap, mate. They're pretty easy to get hold of and pretty cheap, and they come all salted, and you just I add a little bit more salt, mate, and sit them in the solution. But, mm. um, you know, when it comes to humidity and, and making salamis and so forth, um, you know, WA's got it all wrong over here, mate. I I, I, um, I killed a wild pig, and uh, I thought I'll have a crack at making salami. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it'd be fantastic, and I'll, I'll make the salami, and I'll put a, a cure in it, and yeah. um, hung it outside, and... It was the optimal 20 degrees, you know. You want it to try and stay that. The humidity was all wrong, and it just destroyed the sausages within, I think, uh, four or five days. You know, there's so much black mould set into it, yeah, and right. uh, I had to throw it away. I made those sausages three times, you know. So when it when it comes to uh, making salamis, I've had my fair share of, you know, and, and game meat. I've thrown my fair share of disastrous attempts at, at making uh, different bits and pieces, trying to get it right, you know, and and I posted it posted it all on Facebook as well. I put it all up on my page because, you know, I say to people, look, what I do is uh, no different to what you do. You know, the only difference between me and you is I'm passionate about it and I really love it, mate. And I'll have a crack at it and I'll keep going until I get it right because yeah. I don't like wasting it any. And um, and th- and that was the thing, mate. I-, I just kept going and I kept going, and I eventually got it. You know, I uh, I went out and bought a little wine fridge that um, you-, you meant to keep your wine in, and that got it down to twenty degrees, and I got the correct humidity. I put a humidifier into it, yeah, and, uh, and and kept that and kept that humidity in my salami turned out perfect, mate. You know, after three days, and I threw out, you know, probably uh, probably twenty thirty kilo of wild pork that I'd gone and caught. So um, <laughs> all that work down the drain. <laughs> yeah, all that work down the drain, but. But I wanted to get it right, and I wanted to show people that 
what we do at Hunt Catch Cook, not necessarily it's it's no smoke and mirrors, mate. You know, we don't make things up here. It's um, I'm as I said before, I, was, I said in the introduction, you know, I'm a baller maker, so um, the only difference between me and, and most people is I'm really passionate about it. So I'll, I'll go to work and I'll come home again, but I, I just cook and I hunt, and I, I really love it. Yeah. How, how did the salamis come out? You think they were nice and tasty? How did they go? The, well, the first ones turned out, they, they got that black mould in it, yeah, as I chuck, said. Chuck them out, yeah. Well, I didn't, mate. <laughs> I, a couple of, the couple of them looked all right, so I sliced them up. <laughs> oh, and, no. Yeah. And, you know, I cry-vacked them, and, they, and they've been going on pizzas. So I've been nice. banging them on pizzas, mate, and, and they turned out all right. You know, the first ones were... Uh, terrible. I threw a heap of them out. They were just yeah, beyond repair, and I, I put that on my Facebook page and, and got a lot of comments like, you know, come on, hurry up. You know, we want to hurry up. We're hungry. And yeah. um, but the last ones turned out fantastic. You know, I was pretty pleased. And, and, and it's like everything. If you keep trying, the effort will always out, outweigh. You know, the, the reward will always outweigh the effort. You know, you just got to keep going at it and and keep until you get it right, and um, yeah. you'll find. It'll be fantastic, mate. Mate, is really there going to be a show? Is there going to be a Hunt Catch Cook TV show? What's what's happening? Are we going to see you on, on the um, on the big dial one day? Well, I don't know, mate. I really don't. Um, I I've got a little bit of work to do with um, Perth Fishing TV. Um, they've uh, said to me, look, come on, come on board and do a little bit of um, uh, online stuff, and they want me to do a heap of recipes and so forth. And, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy cooking. I really enjoy showing people what I do. Um, you know, whether it be writing for magazines, I write for um, a few. I did write for a few magazines. I only write for uh, Wild Boar Australia now, and um, you know, periodically I write for some hunting magazines, a bit of freelance stuff. But uh, you know, on stage cooking, and um, I'll do a little bit of YouTube for my page or adverts or something like that. But you know, whether it gets in front of the TV, I'm not too sure, mate. I'll see where it goes in the future, but. Um, Put it this way, I'm pretty keen. So, you know, <laughs> nothing's. Uh, I had a word with, um, I think it was Australian hunt, Hunting Adventures, I think it was. Uh, Aussie last Hunting year, Adventures? You know, Aussie Hunting Adventures, yeah. Dave, Dave yeah, Fenn, fantastic. Yeah. Nice bloke, yeah. yeah. Fantastic guy, mate. And um, maybe we can catch up and uh, do a little bit of TV work, mate. We'll, we'll go and shoot something, I'll put it up and, and show people how to do it, you know. Oh, I, just, I just love it. I really do. I really do love it, mate. That's good, mate. How important, talking about that, I know you've been, you push a lot of kids getting involved in hunting and learning to cook game meats. How important is that? Um, for me, really important. It, it is. That's the, um, the title of my, um, my second book coming out, mate, is um, Passing Down Tradition, you know, and um, you know, I suppose it was something that was passed down to me, not really passed down to me, I, I just... From a young age, you know, Dad, we'd go out hunting or fishing and that, and uh, he'd come home and, and, and give it to Mum and, uh, you know, show me what to do and how to how to utilise it, mate. We'd come home and if I wasn't shooting, I was in there looking at Mum or, or, you know, questioning the shit out of her, mate, you know, what are you doing now, Mum, what are you doing? And um, and I still do, you know. It was only last uh, Christmas just gone, I went around to Mum's and said, Mum, you know that beautiful uh, Christmas pudding you you used to cook, I want to learn how to do it. So I'd go in and quiz her, and, and we both sat down and cooked. You know, she's 80-something, mate. And I, we both sat down and uh, cooked this Christmas pudding, you know. It's fantastic. But to, to me, getting kids involved in uh, what you do and, and what your passion is is important to me, you know. And um, so hunting 
it's a it's a lifestyle for us, and I think it's important to get him out. You know, get him involved in it. My daughter is not so much. You know, she's not really into that hunting scene. My my son's just kind of picked up the bow, um, and he's right into the archery at the moment. He's going full steam ahead, and he's out the back of you know, but he practicing trying to shoot targets and bits and pieces in the backyard. But um, your daughter's not really into it, and you know, I don't I don't want to push her in that sense. Um, so she's in the kitchen and she's cooking and she's doing a really good job at it and uh, she loves photography. So she's taken a lot of photos of my uh, food when I've cooked it up. And um, but it'll eventually come around, you know. They'll eventually see that. And I think it's important that we teach our kids that um, you know meals don't just come from a cellophane package, you know, uh, in Coles or Woolies or you know one of these big uh, big chain stores, you know. Um, and I, and I'd like to think that. There's an option, you know, I can make game meat um, the same as, you know, these, these fast food outlets that make their, or, or, um, you know, the nuggets and bits and pieces and the crap that they, they serve kids. I reckon I could make game meat exactly the same and, and just as tasty and tantalising as that. So, you know, I, you've got to do it. You've got to have a crack at, um, you know, trying to get your kids to enjoy it, you know. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately six hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit www.sydney.net. Right, 100%, mate. Let's talk about, I want to talk about some ingredients, how things people can have on hand. You know, it's important to talk about, yes, oils, spices. I know we probably touched on some of this before, but again, anything new that you've seen come up or what, what do people need on hand, mate? What do they need to start game cooking to make it at least taste a bit better? Because I think, and you probably admit this, I think spices are very underdone and a lot of people talk yeah. spices and they, get, and they don't end up using them, but these things can add in a lot of flavour. So what do you... Well, they... They can, mate. You look, I've um, I've developed um, a few different spices, and I've gone. If you have a look on my webpage, just for the listeners, mate, if you go on to uh, uh, Cook and um, have a look on the webpage at um, at uh, 
I've got a uh, set of rubs and spices there, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of information on on spices and rubs and what you can add to game meats and bits and pieces just to make that flavour a little yep. bit nicer. But one of my favourite things to add to game meat is garlic. Um, saying that, what fresh? Is, you uh, mean jar jarred or, or granules jar, or whatever? Well, just that, just that taste, mate. You know, it's just got that. Um, yeah, it's, I love it's garlic. Got that taste about it. it yeah, it, it just sets things off. You know, even even. Uh, you know, piece of bloody uh, piece of rump steak, and, and you put a bit of garlic butter on it, and it tastes that that so much better. But oh, that's, mate, that's don't, my, even. <laughs> don't that's, even start. That's, <laughs> that's my go-to spice, mate. You know, I love it. I love yeah. it. And um, like I, I said to uh, one of my mates the other day, we were, we were cooking something up, and I said, but everything looks better when you put a bit of parsley on top of it too. If you've got a fresh spring of parsley banging on <laughs> banging on top, you can hide anything. I reckon I could make shit look good, mate. Put yeah. a bit of parsley on top of it, it looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a bit of garlic, mate. I just, yeah, salt and pepper, garlic, or a bit of butter, even butter. Oh, but, like you said, garlic butter. Oh, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate. You, yeah, you don't yeah, need same, anything else yeah. after that. No, that's right. Yeah, cook <laughs> it in some nice, yeah, nice juices, mate, and butter, and yeah, a bit of garlic in it. It's fantastic, yeah. mate. Can't go wrong. I know um, we spoke about um, you know, knives. Or what, do, what are you generally using for knives? Uh, you know, woks, pans. I really like cast iron. I think that's my favourite, you know, but a good barbecue. Some cast iron pans that I got. What do you think about utensils? Some people, people, people need first things they need. First thing you need when you're shooting game is a good telescope. Uh, it really is. Like, I can't... I can't uh, push that point enough, you know. People say, oh, what's the best thing to cook with, you know, blah, blah, blah. What, what, what should I use? What's the best thing to cook with, um, you know, game meat? Now, so game meat starts when you're looking at it. Game meat starts through the telescope uh, when, when you're hunting game meat. It's, um, it's like that uh, scenario of, you know, the older, um, the old sheep and the, and the young sheep. You'd, you'd be better off eating the lamb than you would the bit of mutton. And um, and the same goes for game meat as well. If you can get a younger animal, if you can get a, the smaller, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, look at that big one over there. We'll shoot the big one down there with the horns and blah, blah, blah. If you want to eat it, shoot the little one. Shoot yeah, the smaller tasty shoot the ones. smaller one. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right, mate, the tasty ones. And and they, they'll be better on the table. Where you, and you'll get a much, um, you know, you, you might sit the trophy uh, on your wall, but I'm not all about trophy shooting, mate. I'm about... Uh, feeding the family and feeding the friends. So yep. I'll, I'll shoot the little, the, the small, not the little one, but I'll shoot the smaller one all the time, that nice young one. And uh, I'll have my mates come back to me and say, oh, in 10 years' time, so remember remember when you shot that and you fed us and, you know, all that sausage or that roast or remember that, that was fantastic, you know, can you do that again? Now, Tracy, you'll sit on your wall and some people go, you know, oh, yeah, that's a good set of horns, but not as good as the compliments you'll ever get from your mates you're fed them with your family, you know. Yeah, exactly. and they'll always remember that. It's it triggers that memory all the time. But um, back to this, back to the question, mate. That, that what what utensils or what you need, or as I said, it starts with a scope. But um, I think one of the well, one of the things I've just bought recently is uh, a, a cast iron wok, and uh, mate, that thing is dynamite, absolutely dynamite. Get it hot, and uh, you know, like a stir fry. I've done a um, a stir fry last week of goat and ginger stir fry, and I threw that in with some fresh vegetables in it, some beans to finish it off, and a little bit of gravy. Made I put a beef gravy in it, mm. and uh, just just quick toss it around in this uh, goat strips. Absolutely beautiful, mate. Bit of teriyaki sauce in it, and and it was fine, you know. 
um, serve it up on, on a bed of rice and, uh, mate, the, the cast iron wok's my new best friend. Yeah, I, I love me cast iron stuff and, um, you know... I've also... Yeah, go on, mate. No, Sorry. no, you're right. Yeah, I sort of cut, I got a couple of cast iron pans. Nothing better, I think. Bit of salmon. I like salmon, and you know, like I got, yep. I got a one pan meal. Bit of salmon, and um, oh, I've totally lost my brain today. What's the green stringy stuff? Um, you know, uh, the vegetable green. You can buy them in a little clump from like Woolworths, and that. Um, not the broccolini. What's the other one? Um, asparagus. Yeah, I love like a bit of asparagus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bit, bit of garlic butter on a nice bit of salmon. Put the asparagus in the same pan to cook at the same time. One pot meal, mate. Fantastic, beautiful. you know. Exactly. Bit of salmon. But, uh, bit of, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, other than that, you know, other than the wok, um, I'll cook my game in, in everything. You know, I don't just stop at one thing. I've got the smoker and the pizza oven and uh, the Weber. I've got a mini Weber, oh, um, you know, the pie maker. Hopefully you don't have to move house in the near future, eh? Man? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> You'd be screwed. Same, man. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think I've got last count, I had five dehydrators and I, I was buying another one, you know, and I'm, I'm counting going, well, I've got five. Do I really need another one? Well, yeah, I do. But, Jeez, what, anyway, what's the missus saying in all this? Listen, you're not getting yeah, any more. Like, I'm divorcing you if you yeah. keep this up. Yeah, I know. Look, I stopped <laughs> buying guns and started buying um, cooking utensils and, and stuff. So she can't complain in that area. No, but, that's yeah, you know, I, I do right. a lot of cooking. I do a lot of cooking, mate. So it's just the yeah. She can't. She I can't cook. complain, can she? Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, it's like role <laughs> yeah, reversal. It's like role reversal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but yeah. <laughs> but it's it's good fun, mate. I just love. Yeah, I love it. And. Um, I think one of the, you know, the um, the pie maker gets a good thrashing and uh, I've got an Ospit as well, mate, and that's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, take out camping and, and get that spit happening, you know. Uh, even in the backyard, a little tray to go onto the Ospit and um, it's fantastic, mate. We eat every now and then on Sunday, I'll crank it up and we'll have a bit of uh, roast, you know, roast goat leg or something or roast something, you know, wild pork or, and, uh, you know, mess around with it. So, no, it's fantastic, mate. I love it. Yeah, mate, we're going to go. We're going to, there's a question here about some three recipes, but we'll go into some of the listener questions first, I think, which are great ones here. So, so Matt Parker says, give us a recipe for some rabbit. Um, yep. what, what do you think would be good for rabbit? You know, he, he, obviously, he's not familiar probably with cooking so much on rabbit. I mean, I guess obviously there's stuff on the, the internet we can look at, but, you know, some of it's not yeah. sort of, you know, suitable for Australia. Some of it is, you know. So, what would, no, you, what, what would you give him as a, as a start off recipe for him? Make it easy for him. Real easy one, and a start-off recipe, mate. Go down the road and grab some bacon, or you can, yeah, if you can't make your own uh, bacon, but um, you know, shop-bought bacon's just fine. Um, come home and let's do uh, rabbit and bacon sausage rolls, mate. Really easy. Um, you'll need a, you'll need a little hand mincer or something like. You can buy a fairly cheap hand mincer, or if you want to, you know, get really flash, you can go and, and get yourself a from a butcher supply company. Um, you can get yourself a you know a little bit of an industrial mincer or you know entry-level mincer. Yep. And try and bone your rabbit out as much as you can, and scrape all, all your meat off the bones, and, and and get as much of that meat off as you can, and throw it through the mincer. Um, but saying that, the older rabbits that um, are, are good for this as well. You know, there's still uh, nothing wrong with the older rabbits, but you just put them through the mincer, and um, and and that, um, and, and then add a bit of bacon and bacon fat with it, and you'll find that. The meat is uh, not so tough, obviously. It's um, you know it's quite moist and it's still got that fat content in it, and it'll cook up really well. So, so what you want to do is have it um, for the for the recipe: one rabbit and six to eight rashes of bacon, and just remove the rind, but leave the fat on it. So cut it real close to the rind and give the rind to the dog or something. Um, I use uh, seasoned stuffing mix, 
you can use breadcrumbs, but I like to use a seasoned stuffing mix because it's already got that seasoning and it's got a bit of herbs and it. it's got some flavour to it, right? So you want two cups of the seasoned stuffing mix. Uh, once again, two teaspoons of crushed garlic in it and a, a teaspoon of chicken stock powder or a, or a stock cube, just crush that up in it as well. Mm. Um, half a teaspoon of uh, black pepper. And you want probably three to four uh, those frozen ready puff pastry sheets, right? Yes. yes. Um, whisk an egg, and um, and you want a little bit of uh, garnish it with a little bit of sesame seeds as well. So you want maybe a half a cup of sesame seeds that are unroasted, or you can roast them if you want. But So what you do is bone out your rabbit and mince all that, um, include the bacon, throw that through the mincer as well. So mix the chicken, I'm sorry, the chicken, <laughs> it's like chicken, <laughs> the rabbit and the bacon together, mince them both, yeah, add mix, them together, yep, yep. Yep, throw it through the mincer and then mix it with your hands, throw the stuffing mix in as well, mate. Um, throw your seasoning in, your garlic and your stock and your powder and uh, and your black pepper and combine it with your hands, mate, get your hands in there and mix it all well. Then thaw your sheets out, your uh, puff pastry sheets on a flat bench, just thaw them out. And roll your, grab your stuffing or your um, your mince meat, and and just make a line down the end of the end of the pastry sheet, and brush it with a little bit of the egg that you've you've whisked up, and then just roll it, mate. Roll it into the sausage roll, cut it to length, and um, brush a bit of uh, that egg mix on the top, and sprinkle it with uh, sesame seeds. Bang it into the oven, and, and maybe in a moderate oven, say oh, one eighty degrees, something like that. And um, do that for say ten to fifteen minutes, and and oh, until the pastry browns, and you can see they're cooking and, and cooked. Yep, perfect, mate. Pull it out, bit of tomato sauce on top, and Bob's oh, your uncle, mate. I tell you what, that's a good way to actually. I really like that idea because, especially when, like, even when I started cooking, if people don't like the taste of the game meats and stuff, that's a good way to you know to bake. You don't even really know you're really eating rabbit, really, do you? Well, that's that's one of the. Um, good things you know and that's what i try and say if you're feeding kids you know people say what's a good recipe to start out when you're trying to introduce kids in the game meat something like that is perfect um it's not although it's um you know the the rabbit taste is there it's not too strong and it's not too overpowering you know and the kids get involved in the whole process you can take the kids out rabbit shooting okay they shoot a rabbit you can show them how to skin it and gut it bring it home then show them how to bone it and, and they can give you a hand in the kitchen of boning it out and getting that meat and putting it through the mincer. You know, if it's a hand mincer, turn the handle for you while you bang it through there. And yeah. uh, and that night, you feed them sausage rolls. Geez, Dad, what's this we're eating, mate? This is fantastic. Oh, it's chicken, it's, son. Uh, it's chicken. It's no worry about chicken. it. Chicken. Yeah, those chicken sausage rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if you're game enough, you want to spit it out. For oh, I had a mate so, the other day. Yeah. We, had a, we had a goat on the, on the spit. Um uh, he was, he's got a bit of a property, so this one was causing him a bit of grief, this goat. So he said, oh, well, we're going to eat this one this weekend. You know, it's been jumping and getting out all the time and stuff. So we put on the spit, and it's all got on the spit. Yep. And then the kids, he goes, oh, come on, kids, we're, good, we're eating the chicken. I'm like, it doesn't look anything like chicken. It's on a big spit, you know. And the kids are going, <laughs> his kids are going, more chicken, we want more chicken, we want more chicken. He goes, here you go, here's more chicken. But it was goat. That's and they, terrible, man. Yeah, That's... They loved it. They loved it. They couldn't get enough of it. I mean, the ribs, and they were... Oh, the little, yeah, that, the kid, like, those kids just loved it. Like I'd ever do that to my no, exactly, kids, eh? Exactly, exactly. You can't <laughs> yeah. do that. You can't do that, mate. Yeah, you can't uh, do that. Um, I want to speak about 
This one's from uh, so that that question was from Matt Parker. So thanks, Matt. Appreciate yep. that one. No worries. Excellent. Good question. Yeah, John Ogilvy, one of my regular listeners. John, really nice yep. guy. John, I, I didn't see him on the Facebook page, but he's come back strong. He wants to know how can you tell pigs if they're safe to eat. So obviously, when you got your knife out, you're, you're gutting them and you're skinning them. If, that, if that's the if that's yep. the way you're going to go, you're not just going to lop off the, the quarters and the four quarters, etc. How can you yep, tell me? Sure. Yeah, no, no, that good question. And this is a question, and I think I've said that in our previous podcast, mate, but this is a question that I get asked a lot. This, out of all the questions I get asked, this is probably one of them. Um, an easy way and a quick way, if you're online, go online to uh, Hunt Catch Cook, www.huntcatchcook.com.au, and I've got a segment on there in my uh, in my webpage on how to tell if my pigs are right to eat wild pig. But to give you a bit of a rundown, um, it all starts, as I said, through the scope. You want to be you want to be looking for uh, a nice, healthy wild pig. Like if you if you come across a mob of wild pigs, and uh, and they all get up and run off, and the and the one you shoot still laying down, um, maybe there's something wrong with that pig because it's laying down. It didn't get up and run off. So yep. it's got to be a not. It's got to look healthy. Uh, if it's skinny and mangy, maybe it's got worms. Uh, you want to you know steer clear of it. Although. Uh, you can you can cut it open and check for worms, but a little bit of animal husbandry. Um, you know what type of what time of year is it? What's the pig been eating? Has it been on the crop? You know, is it eating good food? Um, Do then, you reckon there's a difference if they're eating like if they're on a crop versus like carrion or meat? Big difference, you reckon? Or oh, of course, mate. It's it's like um, you know any sort of if you've got a any sort of animal, you know, you, like a. Um, a goat or, or sheep or or anything, you put it on on good quality food and it's going to gain weight. Like yourself, you know, you start eating good quality food, mate, you'll gain weight um, and lots of it. And and these pigs get in the crop and, and they start gaining weight. They've got a nice layer of fat on them and and uh, fantastic good eaters, you know. But um, if it's if it's uh, middle of summertime and forty degrees and they're camped by the water and they're eating nothing, um, you know, it's going to be pretty pretty dismal. But Probably although still good to eat or put through the bits up, but uh, it's not going to be the best quality. So that's one of the one of the first few things is, as I said, a little bit of animal husbandry. Check the uh, check the animal, make sure it's moving around all right. You know, make sure it's not the last in the pack that you're shooting when it's running off, or if you come across them or you're trapping them, make sure it's in good quality, good condition. Um, look for any cyst or anything on the skin, yeah. and make sure it's you know not covering ticks or lice or anything like that. Um, in Western Australia, we I know that eastern states have a lot of worm and a lot of disease in their pigs over there. But our pigs are very clean. They're very good. But uh, we have a lot of ticks on our skin. So I always skin my pigs and uh, get rid of all the, all the excess skin and the, the ticks and all the crap on the skin. Yep, yep. But the, the, but the meat's in good condition. It always seems heart. to be about... Um uh, pigs, Jace, you know, I mean, like, no one really mentions anything about, you know, sort of the illnesses of deer or, or rabbits, even. Well, yeah, people do mention rabbits a lot, but a lot of the time, people really, uh, are they a bit like, you know, because always talking about pigs is a bit misplaced, their, their worry about pigs being, you know, safe to eat, or is it a valid concern? No, I think the reason people, um, you know, mention pigs and, and they're worried about pigs, it's a pig's diet, what they're eating. A pig can go and eat, uh, you know, a bit of roadkill on the side of the road or it might eat some meat or crap or rubbish, you know, and a pig will have a crack at that, whereas, you know, the rabbits or the deer, they're, they're all, uh, it's all about grass and bush and, you know, they, they, they're not going to start eating meat. So that's what people are worried about is, the, is what the pigs are eating and what they're picking up. But, um, you know, as a 
general rule, pigs out in the bush, and uh, certainly over here anyway, pigs out in the bush, and even on the side of the road, you know, one had a bit of roadkill, but um, are, are pretty clean and pretty healthy. So, um, you know, there's a lot of checking, but even when you when you gut them, when you open them up, check the liver um, and check the kidneys and, and uh, have, a, have a look on it for any white spots, any cysts, uh, just as a general rule, make sure it's all in good condition. You know, don't um, even put a pair of gloves on and, and make sure all your utensils and everything you use, your knife, your gamble, you know, all that stuff's all in good quality, good clean. Have a mat down if you need to drop mat, have some gloves on. Uh, and it's just good practices, you know, good hygiene, good practices. Have some water with you, clean it all up and keep your meat clean. Put it on a on the back of the ute or if you can put it in a bag, um, carry it out. You know, if you're walking, carry it out or, or uh, put it on the ute, hang it up. And just, and just keep it clean, and you won't have a problem. Yeah. Um, if you start puncturing uh, guts and, and you start, uh, you know, getting blood all over the place and you haven't cleaned it up properly, then you may start having problems, you know. So that's the um, that's the sort of uh, thing you got to worry about. You, you've got to worry about, um, you know, the whole general aspect of cleaning it and killing it and uh it's it's not necessarily cooking you know the big once you cook anything in the meat uh or, or, you know once you cook a bit of meat and you get it up to temperature there's no, nothing's going to survive being cooked yeah. any disease or anything it, it'll it'll die being cooked but it's all the um you know it's prior to getting into the oven you've got to worry about yeah and, and that's what i try and stipulate with people it's a process that you've got to go through prior to that prior to cooking it you've got to be concerned about when you're catching wild pigs or killing wild pigs yeah yeah good stuff and if people want to go back listen to i just i shouldn't have done this before the show jace to be honest but ahp hashtag or episode 36 and then we did the round two of hunt catch cook episode 46 so if you want to go if you want to go back and listen to those guys for people listening yeah episode 36 and episode 46 we talk about a lot of this stuff as well which is important so we're going to say thanks john for that question that was a great question again always good to talk about you know, health and hygiene, because that's really important when you get your meat. You don't want to be eating tarnished meat, could get sick, don't want that. Uh, next question from Lee Dolan. Lee Dolan, recipes for goat, Jace, that aren't curries. He needs some ideas. <laughs> and I did shoot a, I did shoot a goat. A bit, I mean, actually, did sorry, I didn't shoot a goat, actually. My mate Muzz did. But um, we come yep. back, we put them into sausages and stuff. And, and you are right. If you're, if you're only new to doing sausages, and I've only made a couple of batches, Jace, to be honest. I tried my yep. own one, and I put way too much rosemary in there, and it just really overpowered it. Um, stick with the mixes to start with. You can get a bit creative later. But um, I gave some to my name neighbor and he, he came up and he was really stoked so I gave him two back legs and he just he loved it and then all of a sudden the next afternoon he came back and he this big bowl of curry and you know they're, they're Fiji and I was like oh mate because this is fantastic like this is and he goes oh a little bit tough and I said tough I said shit mate this is the this is the softest moon I've ever tasted in my life he goes nah next time you shoot one smaller a bit smaller <laughs> yeah and yeah I, for sure and, that, and that's yeah that's right <laughs> and I thought this tastes great to me. This tastes great to me. What's he on about? You can get stuff next time. I won't give you any then, you know. <laughs> That's it. Keep it, keep it for yourself, mate. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But here's a here's a good one. Like a lot of people shoot goats, um, and they're they fail to like any animal. Um, if you spook the animal and it gets that all that uh, adrenaline pumping through it, or, or you're chasing the animal and it gets that. Um, Oh, there is a certain word for it, mate. I'm not the doctor, but 
you know, it gets all hyped up and it gets uh, tense and it gets that blood pumping through it, mate. The first thing you got to do is obviously shoot it and then you got to go and cut it straight and bleed it out and get those chemicals out of the body, you know. It's like humans, for sure, if you get frightened, mate, you get tensed and you, you tense up and that, that adrenaline, that all those chemicals running through your body. So you, what you need to do first, mate, is, is first thing, shoot it, bleed it and get it cool. How do you do um, that, Nick? How do you bleed them? Tell people how to bleed them. So I'll, I'll cut their throat, cut it cut it across under the jaw, cut their throat and, and bleed it out. Any animal, doesn't matter, even my fish, you know, my salmon, um, you know, I'll bleed them out straight away and get those endorphin, you know, get that, that uh, the adrenaline and all that. Does that make a blood. huge difference, do you think? Oh, for sure, mate. It's part of the process. It yeah. really is. And, you, and you've, you've got to do it. You can't leave the animal sitting there, you know, you haven't bled it, sit, leave it sitting in the sun. It, it doesn't work. That, that meat's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be tough as nails, mate. It's going to be tough as boots. So you want to try and do that, cool the animal down as much as you can and get it cool, put it on, you know, get it in some ice or, or, or cool it down in that sense. Um, the reason people use curry and, and they carry a lot of goats is to hide the taste um, or hide the toughness. Um, traditionally, a slow-cooked meal is a curry. So, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, look, look, let's add some curry powder to it and, you know, we'll cook it and let it uh, slow cook. And, and when we come back in 10 hours, it's slow cook and it'll be fantastic, nice, and it'll fall off the bone and be, be good. But... Um, one of my go-to recipes, and, and being Australian, you'd probably uh, recognise this, mate, is um, what about a, a goat chico roll? Oh, um, really? Yeah, throw it, throw it through the mincer and, and uh, make chico rolls out of it, mate. Right. And, um, and, and it's easy. It really is easy, and, uh, and it's good, and the kids would love it too. But um, there's, there's, there's one, and I'll give you the recipe for that in a minute. And the other one is a... a Put it on a roast, roast it. So you don't have to uh, you don't have to add the curry flavour to it. So it's just a normal roast, and you can add whatever flavour you like to it. You know, punch a few holes in it with a knife in the roast, push some whole cloves of garlic in it, um, make up a little bit of garlic and butter. And uh, oh, as it's yeah. roast as as it's spit roasting, mate, you can put a bit of garlic and butter. I know you like the garlic butter, mate. So Jeez, you know, yeah. drizzle drizzle that over it and, and keep it nice and moist. Come back there every fifteen minutes while it's slow roasting on the barbecue, or you might have it on the spit or something, and just give it a little bit of basting, mate. So try and keep it nice and moist if you can. Uh, it's got those cloves of garlic in the meat, punched inside the meat, and um, even if you have to, uh, as it's going around the spit. Wrap it up in a bit of alfoil so it's, it cooks a little slower. You're still getting that radiant heat into it, but you're keeping the moisture inside that inside the leg. You know, you want mm. you don't want it to dry out. So um, there's another one you slow roast it or, or um, roast it, but uh, and, the, and the chico rolls. There's a, there's a couple. There's two of them anyway without without the flavour of uh, curry in it. So getting back to um, and I'll give you another one in a minute uh, when I finish the chico roll recipe. So you want 200 uh, grams of goat mince. So throw your goat through the mincer, um, maybe three quarters, uh, a quarter, sorry, uh, three cups of um, cabbage, so uh, some shredded shredded cabbage, uh, grated carrots, uh, and you want say a, a one carrot grated, uh, a stick of celery, and you want you want to grate that down too, a brown onion, you want to grate that, so you want to get everything grated, everything minced, you know the old chico roll was nice and uh, nice and fine. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice fine, fine, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, and 
here's the the secret: two tablespoons of chicken stock powder, mate, and uh, that'll just kick it off. That'll that'll give it that chicken roll flavour. Um, a tablespoon of um, plain flour, and um, you want to uh, spring some spring roll pastry as well. Just go down the shop, get yourself some spring roll pastry. Um, three tablespoons of oil and, and a whisk again, a whisk egg. Um, there's cracking egg and give it a whisk with a fork, mate. Just set it aside because you'll need that to glue it all together with. And a little bit of pepper to taste and maybe a cup of water. Um, and you want two litres of oil for, or a litre or two litres of oil for frying, depending on how much you're making. But uh, for this one, you about a litre and a half, two litres of oil. So a bit of vegetable oil or something like that. So mm. in a large frying pan, you heat your oil up and um, add the goat and the mince or, or the goat mince and, the, and uh, your other stuff and stir fry that. Um, for a minute or two. So you're just going to brown that mince off a little bit. Add the cabbage and the carrot and the onion and the celery and continue to cook it while you're stirring the mixture in, right? Yeah. So, and then uh, probably two minutes you want to do that for. Just just to, just to soften it up a little bit, right? You add the chicken stock powder and a little water and, and keep mincing it, mixing it around while it's uh, on the high heat. And uh, add the flour to it and that'll just thicken it up. And, uh, and you'll see it all starts to stick together and you can then season it with salt and pepper and just turn the heat off. So uh, while you get everything else ready, just put it to one side. And then uh, on a flat surface or a bench, you uh, lay the pastry sheets out and brush just around the edges of your, your pastry sheet. Just brush uh, that egg mixture around it and uh, then get your uh, mince and uh, pour your mince down one side and um, fold the ends in and give it a, a big roll up, mate. So... Um, you want it to cut it uh, before you actually start rolling. You want to cut them into size, so you don't want to have to cut it when you've um, when you finish rolling. You don't want to actually cut them because you'll have an exposed end to it. So, what you want to do is, is pull your mince. Make sure that they're cut uh, to the size of your chico rolls to to what you want it. Then uh, pull your mince on, on the on the sheet and then roll fold the ends in and roll it up, and uh, you've got perfect chico rolls, mate. Mm. Then. Uh, by the time you've Basting. done that, you, you, yeah, you, your, um, your, your oil will be nice and hot by the time you've done all that, and it should be just starting to smoke. And then, um, obviously, you glue the uh, glue the ends together with that egg mix, and you take them over and, and pop them in the oil. And um, look, give it a couple of minutes in that hot oil until that pastry starts to come nice and crispy and brown, and uh, and pull them out. And uh, Bob's your uncle, mate. There you go. You've got chico rolls, and and you'll make out of that. Uh, recipe you'll you'll make about eight of them eight eight to ten chico rolls lovely fantastic that? lee so, uh, lee's going to be a happy guy i think lee when he tries to make one of those <laughs> and here's here's another one mate so you've um you've roasted that goat um you've had that goat on the spit you nice you've got a nice roast leg um look you fed the fed the family with some roast goat and uh you know vegetables out of roast vegetables and sitting there in the next day and you, you walk and open the fridge and think what are you going to do with that cold coat leg well what i do with it is make a dish called poor man's patties and this is really really easy and, and the kids love these mate so so what you want to do is with the poor man's patties get some um just go into your pantry um a loaf of bread um, pull your bread out and grab the crust off of each end. The kids never eat the crust, so they never eat that little bit of, um, you know, the, the old bits of bread on, the, on on each end of the loaf, mate. You yeah, never eat it. So, yeah. yeah, pop that in a bowl, throw that in a bowl. Um, then get your roast meat, your leftover roast meat, and chop it up really, really fine, right? Put that in as well. 
a um, couple of eggs as well, throw in a couple of eggs, um, you know, maybe four four eggs, five eggs, mix it up with that bread and a little bit of milk. You want a couple of cups of milk in it. Um, chop up some things like spring onion, maybe some corn kernels or uh, maybe if you've got some mushrooms, leftover mushrooms in the, in the bottom of the uh, fridge there, chop them up, a little bit of garlic, um, some barbecue seasoning and, uh, and, and then mix all that up into a, it'll turn out to a little bit of a sloppy paste. So you mix it all up with your roast meat and your um, and the bread, and it'll go back into a, like a sort of sort of a dough pancakey sort of mix. Yep. And then you want to spoon that in, into uh, well, sorry, b- before you do that, into a frying pan, put a little bit of oil and bring it up to temperature. So you want to get that nice and hot. A little bit of oil, maybe uh, two or three tablespoons of oil in, into the pan. Get it nice and hot, and then uh, spoon some of that mixture into little, say, uh, two or three tablespoons in, in, into, a, into a group in, the, in a pan, and, um, and then I'll make some nice patties with uh, roast, that roast goat meat in it with some seasoning and stuff. Give it a little bit of sprinkle of salt and pepper on top of it, and uh, once they're cooked on one side, flip them over, uh, give them two or three minutes, and uh, all done, mate. And I'll call them poor man's patties. It's uh, using the leftover bread and whatever you got left in the fridge in the old goat roast leg, and... Uh, and the kids love it, mate. They think it's fantastic. Tasty. I think Lee's going to be happy if he tries those two. I mean, you know, it gives a good way to, you know, use that meat in, in many different ways instead of, you know, wasting it or not knowing how to prepare it. I mean, you can make things that are simple, can't you, that uh, you know, taste, right. yeah. that taste good and, and then are easy to make and take off that edge if you, you know, you, you're just you know, yeah. new and getting into game meat. If you, you know, But also, too, if you, like, you love your game meats, then good recipe for those guys, too. Oh, for sure. Sure, that's and it's easy, you know. That, that's uh, you know, the old Sunday Sunday meal sort of thing when you can't be bothered. The old uh, poor man's patties come out, and even as I said, get the kids involved, get the family involved, and cook that up. And it's a meal that's you know, you're using that you had roast the night before, or roast you know, a couple of nights before, and you think, well, how, what am I going to do with that if you don't want it for lunch the next day? Well, then uh, yeah, that, that's something else you can do. A little bit of tomato sauce on top of it, and uh, mm. you know, it's kind of. So it's Everyone tasty, loves the right? tomato, Jace. I like the barbecue, the smoky barbecue. Yeah, sauce. yeah. It depends. It's all it's all personal preference, I yeah. suppose, mate. I don't know. I'm a bit of a tomato sauce guy myself. So oh, I don't mind a bit, yeah. a bit awesome. I don't know. Yeah, my ex missus used to buy like the tomato sauce and you know, four. You know, there were two was it two or four liter things? I thought you have it on everything, <laughs> and I'm like, mate, well, what do you have this on everything for? So just get the barbecue, and we'll be done with it. But no, it had to be tomato. So, but but that's good, Lee Dolan, mate. Thanks for your uh, listener question writing. So hopefully that uh, that that suits your question, and you can enjoy some of those recipes uh, from Jason here. So, Jason, um, uh, finish off, mate. Final thoughts, finishing any final tips for the listeners before we finish off, and then after that. Mate, we've got to have a story, mate. You know, we all always yeah, finish sure. off every 112 episodes with some story, except for the straight yeah, shooting well, shotguns we do, mate. mate. Yep. No, nah, fair enough. But look, but final thoughts. Um, I suppose the, the final thing is support your sport, mate. You know, like, um, as I said to you earlier on, I'm, I'm, uh, I admin quite a lot of pages, um, Facebook and social media. Um, I comment on a lot of things and um, I'm always checking things out. You know, I'm going to meetings and my local hunting club and stuff. And I see a lot of people that are, I suppose that they bag a lot of other hunters out. You know, you, somebody will put up a picture of, a, of something on uh, Facebook or, or social media, you know, a picture of a pig and somebody will say, well, that's too small. Or, you know, what about some positive comments? You know, what about people, people need to um, support 
other shooters, other hunters, uh, a lot more than what we're doing because what will happen, mate, is we'll lose it and, um, you know, you won't be able to hunt. Um, and, there's, uh, you know, a, a lot of things like uh, good work, mate, good job, um, good on you. Here's a recipe that I used, you know, and, and I do that. I, I try and do that as much as I can on, on social media and encourage people, you know, and, um you know, just over the last few months, uh, I've seen on social media a lot of other hunters get crucified by greenies and people that just have no idea about hunting. And I think if if we all stick together and if we all stand up for what we believe in, uh, you can't complain about hunting for food, mate. You really can't. Uh, you can't. If somebody wants to uh, protest about me going out and getting something to eat... Um, the best way for you to protest is just go on a hunger diet, you know, just go on a starvation protest, you know, just, just starve yourself. Um, yeah. Because, <laughs> because I'm just feeding my family, you know. I'm, I'm just going to get something to eat. And as long as I'm ethically doing it, um, you know, people have been doing it for thousands of years, mate. And uh, and it's just been taught for to me through generation and generation, you know, right from the word go, mate, from seventh generation Australian. That's, that's what it's been taught to me about. And I, I just think we need to stand together as hunters and, uh, and and fishers. We need to stand together and actually tell people, that, well, this is, you know, this is what we do. If you want to go and buy your food from the shop, I'm not going to hold that against you. Good on you. You go for it. But I'll, I want to catch mine and I want to kill it. I want to know where my food comes from and I want it fresh. And I want to play every bit of part in it, getting my food uh, from from the start to the finish. And I want to choose my animal and, and have the respect and, and do that, respect for the animal. And I think, um, you know, as a society, and especially Australians, we need to stick together and uh, and say enough's enough. You know, this is this is what it's about. And that's that's my final thought, mate. I, I really, as, as I said, and I've mentioned it throughout the show, and I think I've mentioned it throughout other shows, you know, I'm passionate about what I do. And uh, I like teaching, you know, I like teaching people what I do. So, mm. um, yeah, that, that's certainly my final thought for sure. Very good. Again, for those guys that didn't remember, episode 36 of AHP and 46 for round two. Jay's finish off. Story, mate, tell me. Summer, winter, day, <laughs> night, raining, not raining. I've got to feel like I'm there, mate. I've got to feel like I'm there. Mate, I, I actually, <laughs> I laugh. Every time I think about it, I laugh. So I took these. We're out camel shooting, right? I'll go back to this. Uh, we're out camel shooting, and I, uh, I went up with a mate, and and he, um, he took a, or bought a couple of his mates up. And they were pretty green, you know. They'd never been uh, shooting, but I was happy for them to come along, you know, because it was something I wanted to show, and it's good. I enjoy people that have never done it before, you know, so I can kind of teach them a little bit, and um, you know, just show them what I do as well. So. Uh, we're out, out in the middle of this desert and uh, we, there's an esky full of beer there, you know, in the back of the ute and uh, we've been shooting. But, uh, well, we, we got up on these camels, you know, and, um, and the, the young fellow that had never shot one or never never been out hunting, uh, he said, oh, can I have a shot at this camel? So he shot it and, and give him all credit, credit where it's credit due, mate. He's, uh, he shot this camel and uh, dropped it for a shot with his 300 Winchester Magnum, you know, and it was a pretty loud bang and he'd had a bit of a practice the day before. And uh, he, he was pretty excited about it, you know. So we get out there and uh, 
I was showing him how to cut this camel up, you know, and, and we've got a fair bit of meat. And we're, we're walking back to the car and, and loaded him the esky, and him and his mate were, you know, pretty ecstatic about it. And yeah. um, and, we, and packed all the guns and we were ready to move on, you know. I said, well, you should, you should, we should um, we should celebrate, have a beer, you know. And uh, I'd never known this, but there's such thing as drinking a beer through a funnel. Um, some some sort of some sort of some sort of funnel. You know, I said, "Come on, boys, let's have a beer." You know, you're going to have to scull it. Gee, this is like and, you've been uh, in American college somewhere, have you? It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Like well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And um, I said, well, "We'll have to have a beer." And one of the boys piped up and said, "Oh, we'll have a funnel." And I said, "What's a what's a funnel?" <laughs> and uh, they they said to me, "Oh, you got to tip it. You tip it down the funnel." I said, "Boys, we haven't got a funnel." But what about we use the uh, esophagus off the camel? Uh, and, oh, that's cold. That's I cold. Said, He's furious, mate. <laughs> so I just cut this. I just cut the neck <laughs> off the camel, and I was taking the neck home because I wanted to slow roast the neck. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll use the esophagus, and I said, "You've got to be joking." Anyway, these two boys, they got one stood up on the ute with the esophagus of the camel, and oh uh, tip and beard, tip and beard down it, mate. And I, it's the funniest thing. I don't think I. I think I actually wet myself there for a little bit. These boys are, oh, Jesus Christ. And, and they pull this beer down, and I said, you're bloody keen on doing that. This oh, is a funnel. Yeah. I've never heard of it. There's one thing but, you uh, should do. Those boys never coming on any trip ever again. Yeah, so that was the first, that was the first and last time they were, uh, yeah, camel hunting, mate. But it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a bit of an eye. I've taught them a lot of stuff, and I think they taught me more. Yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, but no, good luck, good luck with that, boys. I said, look, you can stick to it. Hey, there's your esophagus. If, you can, well, you if, if they're talking it, about you? funnels, they must have only been fairly young then, eh? Or... <laughs> yeah, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but we we did celebrate and good on him. You know, give we credits due, mate. He dropped that camel. It was fantastic. You know, so it's, as I said, I taught him a lot of stuff, mate, and and they yeah they taught me a lot of stuff. But never again, bloody hell. Yeah, it was uh, a bit too much. <laughs> Very good, there it mate. Is, Jace. Very good. I know we've, a lot of people are going to enjoy this show again. We've had you on twice before, so this will be the third time again. And we can always do stuff around, you know, game meat and game cooking is always really important. It's, uh, you know, you can always talk about something new, fresh recipes. There's always something new, you know, for anyone. Jace, for people just getting to finish off, tell them uh, how they can contact you for so Facebook, websites, all yeah. that sort of stuff. For sure, mate. I'm always on Facebook, so uh, you can. Jump on Facebook and uh, like the page, mate. Um, I've got a Facebook group going. I'm also on uh, Instagram. If you want to have a look at me on Instagram, I'll we'll put a lot of stuff on there. Uh, follow follow a lot of gear on Instagram, mate. Um, you can keep an eye out for me. I'm writing in magazines and bits and pieces, mate. But uh, you can jump on the web page, as I said before, www.huntcatchcook.com.au and uh, keep an eye out. Shot shows, mate. The SSAA shot shows, Sydney, Perth, and no doubt I'll be around Australia having a look around there. Uh, in other states, mate, when it gets a little bit bigger. Um, but for sure, mate, I'm uh, I'm never, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always answer a question, mate. I'll do my heart, you know, try my hardest to answer questions. People ring me all the time, mate. People on Facebook message me, mate, or personal message me, trying to, you know, get things to how do I cook this, or what's the best recipe for this, or can I do this. Um, I've also got a group going on Facebook as well, so uh, also the same name, Hunt, Catch, Cook. It's a personal group, and I post a lot of recipes on that, and uh, people get on there and share recipes for cooking. And uh, social media is really big for us, and um, and uh, 
Yeah, we love it, mate. We we absolutely love it, and I'm happy to help anyone out, mate, when it comes to cooking game, mate. That's a good experience. Yeah, mate, please tell me on Instagram there's a photo of you with a funnel with an esophagus skull and beer out of it, please. No, mate, there's not. No, it's, <laughs> no, no photos were taken, mate, I'll tell you. That's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it a bit of an eye-opener. I, I, I couldn't actually stand up after it. I said, I've never seen anything like it, mate. I said, what, a funnel? That's a different... I just normally drink beer out of a can, you know. These boys are happy to... Happy to tip it down some, uh, yeah, happy to tip uh, it down this bloody pipe, mate. Which, mate, uh, yeah. it's great to have you on again, and Jason Spencer represents Hunt, Catch, Cook. Jace, thanks for your time again. I really appreciate it. Mate, no worries at all, Jason. Look, we'll catch up at the shot show, mate. I'm happy to come on. Uh, we'll do a little bit of live cooking, and it uh, was fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on, mate. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.